Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus. Amen. Our sermon text for this first Sunday in Advent is recorded in the book of Revelation, the third chapter, beginning with the 19th verse. We read, I rebuke and discipline those whom I love, so take this seriously and repent. Look, I stand at the door and I am knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will go in with him and dine with him and he with me. So far the word. And we pray. These are your words, dear Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You can really learn a lot about human nature from how advertising works. And I think one advertisement uh, strategy that really teaches a lot about human nature is actually the seemingly harmless product of Febreze, a cleaning product. And I guess, so it came out in the mid-90s. And originally, you know, it's, it's, the idea is it, it eliminates odors. It, uh, you, you spray it and it gets rid of the odors. And so their advertising strategy at first was Let's show it getting rid of really bad smells in people's homes. Let's show it, you know, a, a home that has, a, you know, pets, uh, getting rid of those pet smells. Show uh, it getting rid of cigarette smoke. Show it getting rid of, you know, the dirty laundry that's sitting out, that kind of smell. And think, okay, that should be, you know, marketing gold. But it actually just, that advertising just failed miserably. And so their marketing folks went back and they were trying to figure this out and they totally changed their strategy. Instead, they advertised Febreze depicting clean homes and windows open and breezes flying in and they had someone, after having already cleaned the home, spraying it as kind of a finishing touch, uh, kind of a refreshing uh, smell after you're done with your cleaning routine. And so you might think, well, why, you know, why did they have to switch that up? What went horribly wrong? Well, they realized that people simply don't smell the bad smells in their home. You kind of get used to those smells, whatever they might be. And if you ever visit someone's house, you maybe smell something, but your own home seems to be like, oh, this doesn't smell like anything at all. Well, I guess it turns out it probably does smell like something. And I guess it might be negative to some people. And so their advertising just couldn't work because no one realized, hey, my home smells a little bit. They had to advertise it as, oh, this is nice for finishing touch for your cleaning. And I think that really says a lot about human nature and really, in a lot of respects, what, what the lesson we have in front of us is getting at, too. Um, they understood something about human nature that we really need to come to grips with today here, too, when our lesson uh, says, I rebuke and discipline those whom I love, so take this seriously and repent. I mean, those Febreze marketers learn the hard way, that first failure, that people just don't smell their own smells. Uh, it's called olfactory fatigue or odor fatigue. And our lesson warns us against a different kind of fatigue, really repentance fatigue. We, just like we don't smell our own smells that we're used to, we often don't smell our sins. We don't smell the bad smell of those sins. And so it can be easy to not take 
repentance seriously, it's easy to have that repentance fatigue kick in. Now, repentance is that cold, hard realization that we've done something wrong, right? And that we look to Jesus to take those sins away and, and forgive us. But there are a lot of problems that can come in that get in the way of true repentance on our part. And this lesson uh, shows it a lot if we remember the context of it, which is a letter to a church in Laodicea, a church in what's now modern-day Turkey. And this little letter it gives them a bit of a hard time. But the thing it really highlights against this church is it, it, it says that they were lukewarm. So they weren't like horrible villains doing horrible, outwardly, horribly sinful things. They were kind of medium-ish, not, not so, so bad. They maybe thought they were pretty good people, right? And that can be a little bit of a warning for us because you know, we probably don't think of ourselves as fiendishly evil villains, hopefully, maybe. And, but um, you know, we, we tend to think that we're maybe pretty good people. And that's where repentance can become a problem because if we're pretty good people and we, we don't really have a whole lot to ask for forgiveness of, we don't feel a need for it and we easily minimize our sins and you know that odor fatigue kicks in, that repentance fatigue kicks in where we don't really smell the bad smell of our own sins. That was a problem in Laodicea and that is a problem, of course, that, that persists with us too. You know, because once that repentance fatigue, once that odor fatigue kicks in, we, we just let repentance become kind of theoretical only, right? So like in church, we confess our sins at the start, but you know, do I really think through in my mind that, hey, this last week I've done actual things that have actually been sinful uh, that have hurt or harmed other people? It's easy to just be like, well, I maybe sinned, you know, had a bad thought here or there or something like that. But the reality is um, we can let that smell of our sins be easily overlooked by ourselves and not realize the harm, the negative things we're causing to the people around us. Uh, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a, even a trope nowadays to talk about 2020 being, you know, such a bad year and all that stuff, right? Uh, and yet... Isn't it interesting how easy it is to kind of blame a year, right? It's just a number. But what about uh, people, right? Have we contributed to anything in 2020? Have we ever been part of the problem? And I, and I think that gets a little bit of how repentance can be such a challenge for us. It's easy to think that, oh yeah, the, the problems are out there somewhere, forces beyond my control, or other people that are bad people, but I'm a pretty good person. But I, but I think the reality is is that it, it needs to hit home for us, you know, as our lesson warns about repentance, that I have done things, you and I have done things, that have given someone else a bad day, right? We've said things that may be hurtful or unloving or been brash and hurtful to people. Maybe social media posts, Right? that are easy to kind of throw bombs out there, uh, maybe have really caused a lot of damage and, and caused grief 
or the love of others to grow cold and weary and uh, question their faith. Um, you know, sometimes with all of the viewpoints and strong opinions out there, it's easy to get so worked up about our own opinions and thoughts that Jesus can easily become a kind of a side note to everything um, when really he, he should be the main character. He should be the one we're really looking to for, for help and, and guidance in all things. It's easy to let him be on the wayside. And so what often happens is that we just simply don't smell the stink of our own sins. And so it's easy to go bumbling along in 2020 and blaming the rest of the world. And the reality is, is I need to realize and you need to realize that, that hey, there's a smell around me, right? There's a bad smell of sin. And I might not smell it. I might think I am pretty good. But we need to come to grips with the reality, just like those Febreze people knew, that, hey, that, that smell is there. It's real. Uh, 2020 isn't a bad year just because of things out there. It's because of the evil within us, each and every one of us. Now, because God wants us to realize those sinful odors um, that we have and bring us to repentance, he does sometimes have to send us discipline and hardship. And that's another thing highlighted by the lesson here when it says, I rebuke and discipline those whom I love. So he rebukes, he has to say you're wrong, and he has to send discipline. And those hardships uh, that can come in a lot of different forms um, in our lives to get us to kind of realize and, and, and wake up. And it's tough because, especially if we're adults, right, once you're kind of grown up, you don't think you really need disciplining anymore. You know, parents just take it for granted that, you know, children, yeah, you need to discipline them, stick them in timeout or something every now and then. But, but adults, it's like, well, you know, once I've grown up, do I really, you know, need any disciplining? I got my act together sort of a thing. But the reality is, is that the Bible treats adults just like children, that we all need disciplining at times. We all need uh, God to sometimes send us hardships to, to wake us up to the problem of sin and get us to repent. And it's kind of like, if you think about a palate cleanser. Um, and a palate cleanser makes it so you can kind of smell or taste something for what it truly is. So if you go to buy like, fancy soap or perfume or something, or, or if you're like me and you get kind of dragged along maybe to something like that. You're smelling it, right? And then before you smell something else, you got to like smell coffee or something in between as a palate cleanser, and then maybe you can figure out which one smells the best. Uh, I tend to be the one that's like, well, what, whichever one's cheapest smells the best to me, but uh. you know, we all kind of need a palate cleanser, right? And that's kind of how God has to send us discipline and hardship to, to realize, hey, I've maybe been complacent with my sin at times and I haven't taken sin as seriously as I ought. And I can't just kind of go it alone and go rogue and think that's going to go okay. Um, we have not been so good and perfect that we should be immune from discipline. And that's another again, hard reality that our lesson points us to. And yet, you know, no matter the discipline, the hardship, the need for repentance, our lesson notes that all of this God does out of his love. You know, it's such a comfort that even though it talks about rebuking and discipline, it says, I rebuke and discipline those whom I love. So what a great thing. If God does send discipline or hardship, that is evidence of love. He, he's doing that out of love. He's loving first. These things are coming second. 
And even though some things might be hard and tough, God has a great track record of showing how he can work even the greatest of hardships for good. And the best example of that is, of course, our Lord Jesus because he had been perfect and flawless. You know, he, he lived that perfect life. No bad smell of sin on him to make up for each and every one of our sins. And he suffered and died on the cross, not just physical pain, because a lot of, it turns out, a, a lot of people were crucified back then, but even suffering the full pain and weight of our sins on himself on that cross. So when we're bothered by our sins, when we realize you know, what we've done, uh, we don't need to fear that, oh God, now he's going to send something my way. He's going to um, send me a boatload of problems because of it. Rather, it's that he's not punishing us. The punishment has already been on Christ. Yeah, he, he might send discipline our way, but he is not need to punish us because Jesus took every last bit of punishment on himself on the cross. And he worked that great of negative thing of a crucifixion for good as well because that's the exact way that he accomplished our salvation. With forgiving our sins and then rising again, he shows that our greatest need has been fulfilled in, in what he's done. That we too have life forever through Christ. We have a resurrection of our own just like Jesus rose again. And um, though we might face hardship and difficulty and who knows what else, we can look to Jesus and know he has a heavenly home for us all by his work. And even the faith in our hearts to receive that, he's caused in us by, by his word and, and baptism and strengthened it in the Lord's Supper. And so he has uh, done so much for us in all of that. And for as serious as our lesson is, at driving home repentance and discipline and all that, I think it's equally powerful in showing God's love and, and comfort for us first. With, when it talks about Jesus saying, Look, I stand at the door and I am knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will go in with him and dine with him and he with me. Now, he rebuked the church of Laodicea for a lot of lukewarmness and lack of repentance. But what he, he doesn't say hey, you got to kind of get your act together and you got to do this and this and this and you got to check this off this list that I have for you and maybe eventually if you do enough, I'm sorry, I might, you know, come and see how it's going. It's no, even after he just gave this harsh rebuke, he's like, I stand at the door. I am knocking. He's already right there doing that no matter what had previously happened at the church of Laodicea. He's ready. He's, he's ready to come in and have a meal. No making up for things necessary. And that's such a great comfort for us. That's how great his love is and grace is for us. That no matter what it's been, he's there. He's ready to come in. He's ready to eat for us, uh, with us, and all for free by his grace. So, you know, today marks the beginning of the Advent season. It's a time that traditionally has been for repentance, uh, for you know, remembering uh, those sins and looking to Jesus for forgiveness as he brings on Christmas. So it's a penitential season traditionally. Um, and so we've seen that in the lesson too, that uh, part of our Advent preparation is considering repentance and, and looking to Christ, our coming Savior, to take care of all those sins for us. And 
Our lesson has borne that out as it talked a little bit about repentance and that challenge of repentance fatigue. You know, those Febreze people, they really were onto something with that ad campaign. We, ju- we just don't smell our own smells. And our lesson has uh, hopefully hit home for us that, yeah, we also uh, don't smell our own smells spiritually and do have a need for repentance. But what a great and comforting thing that Jesus is right there at the door. He uh, is, has brought us forgiveness through his work. He's, as we celebrate his coming on Christmas, you know, that's really what he's there to do. He's not waiting for us to get our house cleaned up. He's right there uh, knocking at the door. He has everything for us for free uh, by his grace already. He comes, he wants to make everything right for us, to forgive us, to save us, to put faith in our hearts and strengthen that faith until last he brings us to eternal life. Amen. Uh, Please rise. Uh, Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be forevermore. Amen.